Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is an episode that is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is otherwise known as telehealth. It's remote access to therapy that you can do on your couch, in your car, Uh, just via the internet and they have licensed counselors across the globe so if you are struggling emotionally or you are feeling overwhelmed or you feel like you can't reach your goals try a therapist all you have to do is fill out a quick survey and they will pair you with a counselor within 24 hours and if you don't like that counselor it's free to switch so that's trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme to get 10% off your first month of therapy. And you'll help out this show. Thanks. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. So this is an episode about creative gifts. So it's about creating something and sharing yourself with the world whether that means you're going to take on a side hustle that allows you to be creative, or maybe you want to pursue a career in a field that is creative. And it's really about whether or not to make your creative passion into a job, or maybe keep it something you do for yourself for a while longer, as well as like how to start the process of doing creative work for public consumption. Like, how do you begin that process? And I would say this is, um, it's in part a request. And it's also something I've been talking to a lot of people about recently. I've had a lot of people reach out and ask me about getting started in podcasting, as well as um, I've mentored a couple people who wanted to get started in creative fields. So this is a blend of what I've shared with those people. And before I go into this episode, I just wanted to address something that I feel is important in that right now we are at a time of acknowledging and confronting the degree of systemic racism inherent in the structure of society. And I feel like it's strange for me to not be creating content in this vein, 
Um, I am doing research, but I can't create an episode until I'm sure I can give you something of value that is helpful and respectful and educated. So that's why I am not doing so yet. So with that, there are three parts in this episode, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. So being a creative person with things you want to say and gift to the world, born of yourself, but you are struggling maybe to figure out the proper avenue to do so. So maybe you're really sensitive to feedback or you don't know that what you have to offer is good enough. Or maybe you do believe it's good enough, but you just can't figure out how to start that process of putting something out there into the world. So what I'm going to explore is what I've learned thus far about when you take on something that requires you put yourself into your work. Like whether that's literally showing yourself, or maybe that's writing in a public forum, or maybe that's acting or painting or writing poetry or songs or playing songs, or maybe that's podcasting. Maybe you are a person who likes something artistic, like maybe you like interior design or art direction, but you don't know if you should pursue that as like a job. And it's hard to figure this out because it can be intensely stressful to do something you actually care about artistically because of how personal it is. And others will tell you what you are, you know, give you feedback about what you're doing. And sometimes it hurts. It feels like a part of your soul is being judged as not good enough. So there are much higher stakes. It's scarier to put yourself out there. It's also a lot harder when there's no set path. Like it's a path partly made up of you and how you can parlay yourself into something that also bears, you know, profit, which is something that is decided by the outside world. And therefore it's totally unpredictable. So it's not like applying for a job or, you know, following this specific educational path and then getting referrals. It's, it's like you making something. So it's kind of like feeling around in the dark, which brings me to part two, the why. Because I am talking about a large range of individuals in very different situations, this is going to be a broad why. So if you are in the process of choosing a job and you have certain creative leanings and things that interest you and you're just kind of like, I don't know, should I do this? I kind of like, you know, interior design. Should I be an interior decorator? I also kind of like art direction. Should I be an art director? I also like to draw. Should I become an illustrator? So that's a, I know that stage. It's, it's very, um, important that you do a lot of internal reflection at this stage and factor in exactly what it is that you like about those creative leanings and in particular the realities of those jobs and because why you par- you gravitate towards a particular job has a lot to do with if you're going to be actually happy doing it you know what I mean by that is like, do you enjoy doing the act of the thing itself in terms of like the day to day? Like does the act of creation in that exact job description make you happy? Or do you just love the idea of that thing? Like, do you like the idea of being able to say you do that thing professionally? Or do you also get lost in the practice of doing the act 
of that job itself? And does it bring you enough satisfaction that you would be able to sustain doing it for free? Like if you were, let's say not, let's say the job itself is a very brutal one that doesn't have a lot of perks and it involves many, many hours and the benefits are not great and there's no like union, for example, would it be worth it to you to, to still do that job? Um, is it enough? Or, you know, let's say the job itself is extremely stressful and involves like you doing the majority of your projects solo. You don't have a team. You don't have a lot of support. Is that, does that make it worth it to you? Because each one of those industries will have its own set of challenges that comes with it. There are some that are a lot cushier than others. So I think it's really important to do a lot of research on like the actual realities of the job you're considering by talking to people who actually do it. Because you might find like, eh, no, it's not worth it to me to be living out of my car and to have to hustle for like, you know, let's say if it's a a freelance based job, if it's only based on one-off, you know, types of productions, let's say, like that means you're going to have to be comfortable with that instability or just not having, you know, uh, a set path where you know exactly I have to go to the office every single day. You might love that though. That might be like something that makes you excited and intrigued and energized. Thinking beyond just the, you know, what it looks like on paper or in a magazine. Like think about the nitty gritty of whether or not that job is right for your personality type. Because a large piece of the puzzle with any creative expression is really recognizing your why. Like you really have to think about where is this fuel coming from? Because with things that are creatively fueled, they come from within and that is the motivation you need to tap into and allow it to flow freely. Which in order for something to flow freely creatively, you have to feel like you're you're succeeding in it, you know? You have to feel like good about it. Let's say if you are a creative person and you don't feel confident in that creative act, like you feel discouraged, it's easy to get burnt out and feel like, well, fuck it. This isn't working for me and and just degrade your own art and feel like, well, this is getting old and I should just give up. Like you can live in a constant state of doubt and So I feel like knowing what fuels us creatively is really important. Like, what is it that gets you going? Is it a sense of fun that you get from the creative process? Maybe it's a sense of cause, like a passion for spreading a particular message. Whatever it is, it has to feel organic and true for you. Like, you know, it has to bubble forth from you and have a natural, um, it's like it's self-perpetuating. So it's almost like, you know, sensing into yourself and listening for like this tiny voice because it tells you very much what it wants to become. Um, So I think as a creative person, you've kind of got to learn your own creative spring. (laughs) Like, where is it coming from? What am I, um, what inspires me most? What's, what allows me to create most freely and most energetically 
and with the most joy? What are those conditions? And what allows me to feel um, good about creating more? Do I need the feedback from the external world? Is that not even a factor at all? Um, is it something doing something new? Is it being around other people who inspire me? Is it is it collaborating? Is it uh, seeing the product of my creation projected for m- masses to see? Is it being a part of something bigger than just myself? Like these are this is all important information for you to know about your particular craft and what are the priorities surrounding it because it's all different for everybody to be clear what I'm saying is not about whether or not to create or not it's you absolutely should create you must create because you are a creative person but it's about how to do that safely and effectively so that it allows you to thrive in your life and not just in the creative act. Like it's about sustaining your life as well. As you know, I'm a very practical person and I I think a lot of advice out there for creative people just tells you to go all in and jump and just do what you love and the money will come. And I, I think in a lot of circumstances, that's not great advice because we burn out, um, waiting for it to come. Or we struggle so intensely that we feel like we're failures and that destroys some part of who we are. Like a lot of us just don't have the skin that is thick enough to endure the trials of just jumping, you know? And I say that as a person who is like that, you know, a financial instability is very triggering to me. And I know that about myself. Therefore, my creative path reflects that. Like I don't, um, the jumping is not helpful to me as a creative person. I need to move very steadily and slowly. And that is something uh, that serves my creative soul. And I have to do that. I have to create in a way that makes sense sense for me. Same goes for you. So just knowing the makeup of yourself is really what the goal of this episode is. Because I think the type of goal you set for yourself like the parameters the priorities you set will color the process like will render the process um for you being a creative individual like you have to know all the important priorities it's not just about like I want to be an artist it's like well but uh, what else what else is important to you do you need to have control over how you receive feedback in that art, etc. It's like, it's basically like knowing what kind of pr- protective gear you need to wear in order to be a hockey goalie. Like that's really important information. For example, like let's say you start with your goal is to be a creative person and do your creative craft, but also be profitable and have that be your livelihood. Like I need to be financially successful in this endeavor. That means you have to approach it with two different hats on. You have the creative fuel hat of how do I create what feels driven by something inside me that is personal and something I love. And then you also have the second hat of how do I also look at myself objectively and pitch myself or at least apply a business model of some sort to my particular creative gift. 
And it'll be a constant balancing act of those two things. Like it'll, it'll be a negotiation of those two equal priorities, which means that you are required to see yourself from an outside perspective. And often, you know, those two perspectives will contradict. So the negotiation, the balancing of those two things becomes really the priority. Like that's the hardest part. That's the art. And a lot of us are not capable of negotiating that, you know, especially if it's something that's personal. Um, but in my opinion, all things that are the result of creative expression or an inner yearning, like the gifts that come from within are best when they are fueled by the origin. Like it's more like listening. It's like tapping into a vein. It's like listening and, and finding it and then allowing it to come forth and just respecting it because it'll tell you what it wants to be. And in order to ensure you are listening to the right voice, it's really helpful just to clarify to yourself, like, why are you creating this thing? So I guess my first question to you, if you're listening to this and this is relating to something you're asking yourself in your life, I would ask you to just ask, like, what is my why? What is the dream I hold inside? And what fuels your gift slash message slash expression slash creativity? Like, what is the truest form of success for this thing inside you? Is it being able to, you know, create that vision fully and actualize it fully? Or is it for others to love the thing you create and for you to be known for it? Are you driven by a need to just get it out? Or is it something that you feel you must give to the world or express it? Is it an act of love that you enjoy expressing? Like, is it just that, does, does it feel like the act has to happen? It just can't bottle it up, etc. Just reflect a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm, of course, whenever I record the leaf blowers find me. So if that's distracting you, apologies. I would also invite you to ask yourself, is there a part of you who's creating it to be famous, to be loved, to be wealthy, to be popular? Because those are external drivers and they're things that you cannot predict or rely on. And they're also short-lived in terms of the fuel, like the satisfaction and fulfillment you receive from the thing. Like it's fleeting. That said, you can somewhat strategize to target those outcomes. Like if your true goals are to be, you know, financially successful, that set of parameters that dictate your path will be very, very different. It'll be about study and applying business models and applying, you know, tried and true practices. It won't, the motivations will not be coming from the same place. And it's, it's really easy to start to set your sights on external goals and just be confused by them. You know, I think what happens a lot of the time is we confuse the two drivers and we start to feel like a failure when a creative gift doesn't bear the external, more noticeable kinds of fruits. And that's when we start to hand over power to other measures that are not really based on the original driver of why we're doing something. Like we start to let external things dictate too much of the nature of our gift. And that changes it. Like it infects it. It starts to water it down. 
when it comes to a creative gift or a creative project, one that comes from a place of self-expression and love, it's something that only you know the right answer to. Like it has to be an expression of you, no matter what others say and no matter who likes it, no matter how popular it is, because that is the purest answer and the most correct form of this creation. It's like, it's a, it's what you want it to be. It's what you like. It's what you feel is beautiful, what you feel is a value and what you feel driven to offer. And that will always lead you to the right answer. Even if uh, other people are telling you like, well, you should make it like this. You should really make it like that. It's always, you're the only one that can say it's supposed to be X, Y, Z. So that's the kind of creative gift I would ask you to examine yourself for. Like ask yourself, what is the true fuel and motive behind what I have to gift the world? Like what is the experience? the purest form of the expression I have to give. And all that said, when you build a product of yourself, like when you create something, it's almost like having a child because once it arrives, it tells you what it wants to be. Like it, once it's born into the world, it will be informed by the way it arrives. Like it gives you feedback as a separate entity So it evolves, it grows, and it takes on a life of its own. And you'll start to know more about it as you create. So something like like a podcast, for example, or a creative career that flows from a place of inspiration, it will tell you, like, once you witness it, huh, it wants to be more like this. It's telling me it wants to grow in this direction. It tells me now it needs to be more about X because this is now, you know, reacting to it. There are all these other things that come about once it arrives in the world. And as you create, you also feel, have feedback about what allows you to sustain it, you know, um, and you'll receive that feedback and you'll integrate it into your creative process. So by that, I mean, we're constantly negotiating how we want to approach this creative entity based on the life that it chooses to lead. Like we'll factor in how sustainable it is for us to create, um, including like the amount of investment of time and resources and, um, how much joy we get from the creative process itself, the creation process itself. Like for a lot of people, it's intensely painful to not have people like the thing you are bringing into the world to have no positive feedback. So like that will become part of the creative act itself. Like that negotiation between your tolerance for pain and how much this thing needs to come out of you. Like for example, if you're a writer and you love to write, but the feedback you get is too excruciating for you to endure, then you might start choosing to not expose your writing to the world like it that might make you decide like I actually don't want this to be my job at least right now because there are other ways to titrate the creative process into being something more tolerable um, for you to endure you know like if constructive criticism is just incredibly excruciating excruciating for you then you can ease into it in a different way 
There's ways for you to start to just build up the skin that's thick enough to receive feedback by doing a version of your creative act that isn't as pure, you know, like writing on a topic that you don't care about quite as much. I say this because as a creative individual, we have, we use more of the creative side of our brains, which means we also reside more on the emotional side and by nature, just less rational numbers based facts based thinkers. And that can mean you're just a more sensitive person and things affect you more intensely related to your craft. So it's an important reflection process to go through. And I think it will lead to you being happier and more able to be creative in the long run. So with that, here's part three, the how, the tools. All right, the first tool is called target audience. And this one's really, I think, mostly for podcasters, people who want to podcast, but it's applicable to all creative forms. So if you are in a place where you want to start podcasting and you're like, I don't know where to even begin the process. I think it's really helpful just as a starting point to picture the one person in the world who really needs to see the thing you have to offer or hear the thing you have to say. And just picture that one person. Where are they in their life? How old are they? What are they doing? What do they need more than anything in the world to hear? And just picture that they are um, listening to you, sitting across from you, and just deliver whatever you have to say directly to them. And if you want to write it down, like they're this age, they're going through this issue, they are looking for this type of content. They just need to hear blank right now. Um, and same goes for if you're a writer or a painter or a songwriter. Just thinking of that one person who connects to you and who they are. Paint a picture of them. It could be a random person. And after you do that, take a break from whatever it is you create. So maybe a week and a half, two and a half weeks. And when you revisit it, revisit it as that person and ask yourself, does this resonate? Is this, does this feel like, oh fuck. Yeah. That's ringing a bell. That feels true. And I think you'll be able to tell pretty quickly. Like when you watch yourself or listen to yourself in third person, you'll be like, yes, I did need to hear this or wow. Okay. That does make an impact. It's I think important though, to make it a a longer break than a week. All right. The next tool, future shoes. So this is for, if you are in a place of trying to choose a career and you know, you have creative passions, but it's, you're just unsure about like which one should take priority So as I said earlier, it's really important that you take the extra step to articulate exactly which parts of creative practices you love about like whatever discipline it is. I know it's really hard when you're getting started to just to even be able to understand the ins and outs of a particular job. Like it's all hypothetical and to know exactly what goes into a career feels like foreign and confusing and it's you know, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of a future you. 
But know that it takes a really long time to get to a good position in any creative field you choose. Like, you have to go through the education process, the application process, you have to make the connections, and then you have to build up enough experience in that actual process. And then eventually you get like a name for yourself. It takes many, 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 many months. And when you get there, like when you finally do have um, experience, it's difficult to move often. It's difficult to traverse paths. Unless you are a I guess, just a naturally dexterous person who is constantly evolving and changing. Like if that's not your, your natural skill set, it's like you build up a resume in a very specific vein with a very specific set of experience. And it's really hard for people to trust you to jump into a different version of that job. So I say that to say like your formative work experiences matter. And as a way to eliminate unnecessary, unnecessary, you know, backtracking, think through the ins and outs of each job now and put on the shoes of future yous in these hypothetical positions you're considering. And by that, I mean, like, think about does this doing this thing and being relied on to do this thing stress you out? Or does it feel like, I fucking got this. I own this. This is easy. I will thrive at this. For example, I went to school as an art director. And I was never a graphic designer. I was never a person who was good at design. Or, or I didn't try it, really. I just didn't think about it. I liked to draw. I liked to sculpt. And then I was like, I'm going to be an art director. And then when I started working at that job... It was so stressful. I did not enjoy it. I found it like incredibly um, overwhelming and I didn't feel confident because I wasn't, it wasn't a natural inclination for me. I had forced it. And that was something I could have thought through a lot more ahead of time. I just didn't. (laughs) So I think it's like, you know, think about like what part of me feels at ease in what aspect of this creative process? Is it the vision? Is it because I am a person who's fastidious and I like to like build things with my hands? Do I love having ultimate control over all aspects of the creative process? Am I comfortable being freelance? Is it, do I like to perform? Is it that part of it? Is it that I have a vision for a big part of the project that I like to see through to the end. Just really get to know the ins and outs of you as a creative thinker and then compare that to the actual jobs that people offer in that field. And I feel like, you know, cold calling, just emailing people who do that job professionally, a lot of the time they will answer your questions if you ask in like a nice way. If you're not asking them to give you anything, Other than just, I would really love to know about your job and like how you do your job. You can often find also interviews online. Um, I mean, for example, like a production designer job. That's such a fun craft, but the job itself is so different than doing something that's like, let's say, an art director. 
like the amount the the way you work and the hours and the structure of the job itself is it requires a very different personality makeup than a person who is sitting at a computer who's an art director so it's i think important just to do your homework because it'll be a very long time of working before you get to a place where you're like, people trust me now and I can get a job, my next job that's higher up from this job. All right. The next tool, the path writes the product. So this is for anyone who is just kind of in that stage of like, I do want to do something creative. I just don't know exactly, you know, I think I want it to be this. I want to have a podcast. I just don't know. I think it want, I want it to be such and such. You, all you have to bring is the movement. Your job is just to be productive, to take actions. If you're at a loss as to how to move forward, just start moving. Like just start to take actions because the actual path of creating will inform what the product itself becomes. So if you find you're hitting a wall, or if you find you're like, I don't know, should it be X, should it be Y? Like if you're asking too many questions, it's time to start taking physical actions and just making something. Because once you start, once you start making something, you get so much information from the act itself, as well as just you have something to react to. You have something for other people to react to and give you feedback. You have something for yourself to react to. And it might, you know, hurt a little bit. Sometimes it's just the process of creation itself is so scary that we resist it. And we're like, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. But it's like you're, you're never really ready. And you get so much more ready when you have something to stare at and to feel and to hear and to see. Um, and oftentimes I think if we're hitting a wall, it's in part when we are resisting hearing something. So let's say you've already created something and you're stuck and you're like, I don't know what to do next. I'm just like, I've tried everything. So if you're in that position, I want you to ask yourself, what am I ignoring? Like, what am I refusing to hear, see, or explore? What advice or what feedback stung the most? And did I hate the most? Whatever that is, like, explore it. In other words, I think when we hit walls, it's a sign that we have to invite a new insight or someone else's perspective into the mix. We have to try something else on that we don't want to try on. And that's just a way for us to get a new kind of feedback. Like, you know, the creative process, as I said, it's like feeling along a wall in the dark and we're just looking for something like a, a door that pushes forward. There's a a path. We just can't find it yet. All right. The next tool is called persona shopper. <laughs> so like, you know, personal shoppers, like when somebody else dresses you, it, it's like, you can see yourself as a person, a different kind of person. Oftentimes it's like, if they're a good shopper, you can see like, Oh wow, I, I can be this kind of person. And it's oftentimes it's easier for people to see themselves as powerful or worthy um, or a boss. And the same goes for building up an identity as like a confident creator. So as a way to build your confidence, like let's say you're really insecure and shy and nervous about creating, 
as a, just a helpful practice to start to build up that confidence, it helps to just borrow other people's voices and act as if you are somebody else or borrow something about their craft. Because by default, you in the creation process will make it different. You in the act of doing it will already not be them. It'll be something like that's made up of you. So it's helpful just to like act like they do use their tricks and it, it gives you like a, just a little bit of armor, a little bit of a buffer to start to build up your own muscles in a public way. The next tool is called portrait of me. So if you are struggling as to know what job to pursue, what creative act to um, start with, I think it's helpful just to close your eyes and picture a moment in the future and a portrait of you as your ideal self. Like you as the most fulfilled and successful version of this creative individual. And like, just try it right now. Like, what is that person doing? Describe this moment to yourself. Where are you? What is around you? What are you in the middle of doing? And is it unclear? Like, is it vague? Just whatever it is, just take notes about what could that be? What could that moment be? Are you in the process of creating? Where is the joy coming from in that moment? Like, why, why have you taken this portrait? Why is this portrait important? Is it the recognition you're getting in that moment? Or is it the respect? Or is it just the joy you feel in the process you're in itself? And I would say just, it's a moment for you to dissect. Like, whatever moment you chose just take mental notes, see where your motives are lying. Like what, what is the reward coming from for you? And the reason to go through this exercise is just often, I think we can't tell what is driving, um, a creative dream. You know, a lot of the time I think we don't realize that so much of what we are attaching to it is the esteem of the career itself. Like it's not actually about the act of the creation. It's, it's easy to get it confused. I used to have this goal of doing a Ted talk. And then I realized like all the topics I wanted to talk about were covered by somebody already. And then I was like, well, knowing that, why would I want to do a Ted talk? Cause I'm, if you're not sharing research, it's literally just something that people do for, from a place of ego it's not really about sharing knowledge. So I think the same goes for a lot of the time when we have a, a goal career-wise or creativity-wise. It's like, do you just want to win an Oscar or do you want to just, do you want to create things? What's the real motive? Um, it's just about knowing, knowing yourself. All right. The next tool is creative soul inventory. So these are just a couple of journal prompts for you to do if you are in a process of everything I've been talking about. All right. First prompt. Why are you doing this? I just want you to write a list. Like, where is this coming from? What is the creative drive coming from? 
would you do it if it was not popular or profitable? And that's an important one. I think that's a a really um, important one to answer honestly. Like, is this something that whispers to you and you feel like you have to put it out there? Or is it something, you know, that you feel like you were put on this earth to share? Then if so, you got to do it regardless. It's really about coveting and protecting the process itself. All right, the next journal prompt. Why are you not doing this? And this would be just a list of things that are holding you back from creating your work. And it can be anything practical, you know, like it hurts, it makes me depressed if I don't get positive feedback, um, or I'm afraid, or I don't know where to start, whatever it is. And then the next journal prompt, what can I tolerate? So I basically want you to write a list of scenarios that you can imagine tolerating and also a list of scenarios you cannot imagine tolerating. Like, for example, if you were to have not been successful at this in a year from now, like could, could you tolerate that? All right. And then the last step in this journal process is the adding machine. So I want you to take all of the information and just chew it up in an adding machine like you're an accountant. Take all the details and figures and negotiate um, this dream. Like, summarize basically the following. Does this have to be my job? Does this have to be something I do for money? Is success measured by how popular it is? And if so, by what percentage? Just list off the main priorities in enacting this creative gift. Like what are the, like, let's say top five bullets that are what this gift demands of you. For example, reaching others, helping others, making money, personal expression, etc. This is just so you have a crystallized and synthesized condensed list of like what you need to know about this thing for yourself and like which will be the most relevant I think down the road because as we go through the creative process I think we forget you know like we get like let's say two years in and we're like should I still be doing this it's like well look look at your bulleted list and like see what are the priorities are you checking those boxes if so yeah fuck yeah you're you're being successful at those five things like for example for me this my priorities with this podcast are that it's helpful to people and that is it <laughs> and that I'm saying something that I feel is of merit that I can offer that's it so that that's what makes me do it it's really helpful to remember that though because it's really easy to forget sometimes all right the next tool it's called the black and white box. So I think this is a helpful visualization if you are a person who is tends to muscle things. And if you're a perfectionist, this is probably something you tend toward. So just ask yourself if you're like, let's say you're finding a lot of resistance and you're finding like um, you're not getting to where you want to with whatever creative job you're pursuing. 
ask yourself, like, am I drawing a black and white box around this situation and what it needs to look like? Just ask yourself if you are becoming rigid, too rigid about how this dream comes about. For example, like if you are saying to yourself, like, I have, this has to be my full-time job or I have to be successful at this within a year. I don't know. Maybe step back from it. Maybe there is a bit more gray area that you can allow yourself. Like, does this want to take a little bit more of a meandering path? And before you dictate exactly how this thing needs to be, just allow yourself to take a few more steps in a slightly different direction because we get so many more opportunities just as we walk, as we pursue something. We, when we allow people to help us or we allow people to give us feedback or suggestions, we try on a new version of our idea that's like a little, it's like a tiny bit adjacent to what we've been pursuing. It's like a random experience will arise that gifts you with new insight. It's just like we just have to allow remind ourselves to be flexible and it's pretty remarkable what evolves once you just allow that to happen you allow something outside of you to change this process just the tiniest bit it's like oh maybe it is better if I just tweak it this way if I just allow it to be this version of what I've been previously trying to do all right next tool callus building If you are a dancer, you know exactly what that means. So this is, I would encourage you to do this regardless of what kind of creative craft you are doing. As a person who is intensely sensitive myself, I can say it's upsetting when people don't like what I create. It's it's one of the most excruciating things to endure and it gets very deeply under my skin. So I think one thing it's really important for you to do as a creative person, if you are also sensitive, is deliberately begin practicing building calluses of like, you know, putting yourself in the line of feedback with the intention of weathering its effects. For example, like if you want to be a podcaster, the best way to just start to build your thicker skin is to put recordings into the line of feedback. I'll send it to groups of friends and invite them to give constructive criticism and just practice getting, you know, your feelings hurt. Practice people telling you what you don't want to hear about it. Putting like, I know this is stressful if you're a person who is afraid of being public, but like posting something is the best way to learn about what your show should be. And just allowing people to respond to it. Seeing what kind of feedback it gets. Which brings me to my next tool, which is called my worst nightmare. Um, I think it also, if you're a sensitive person, it's really helpful to know, like, what is your worst nightmare scenario related to putting this creation into the world? And just know what it is. Ask yourself, what will I do if that happens? And ask yourself also, is there anything you can do to prepare prepare for it now? Is there any training you need to get? Is there any insurance you need to invest in? Do you need to line up a therapist? Is there any additional education that is required? Maybe it means you, you can buy a book on some vicarious topic. So like, let's say you want to pursue a very specific kind of side hustle that's creative. 
maybe this means you need to free up some of your work hours or ask someone at your office to cover for you ahead of time or etc. It's just like know know the risk to your own personal sense of balance and just anticipate like what can I do to prep for this now? So those are all my tools. I hope hope those are helpful. (laughs) I know I'm kind of trying to reach several varying types of situations. So hopefully you got something out of that. Um, Before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors. Anne, thank you so very much. Huge donation from John. John, thank you so very much. And another huge donation from Abby. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you guys immensely. If anyone out there has the means to make a donation, it really helps the show come about. And if not, I totally understand. If you could leave a review on iTunes, those are all so appreciated. I love you guys very, very much. And in closing, there's nothing more attractive and enchanting than authenticity and seeing someone gift you with their soul. And just, I feel like allowing the true you to come forth and sharing it with other people will be, be the most powerful and enduring gift you have to give. A large part of the equation is just you helping that gift to come forth in a way that allows you to thrive and not destroying yourself and your life in the act of giving that gift, you know? So just also taking into account what you need in order to be a healthy, happy you. Because there is a path that results in you doing what you love and also maintaining a balanced, happy life. So I would invite you to walk toward that goal that accounts for both things. Like make this path sustainable and allow yourself to retain the truth of your creativity, like which will come, you know, it comes from the source of love for the creative act itself. It has to come from that place. Otherwise we are lost. And it can be really hard to sustain love if you feel like you're hurt by the act itself. In general, a creative pursuit that is born of you alone, it will last longer and it will flow from a place that is just energized in a different way. Um, And I think those are the things we are here to give without a doubt. But In general, also know that if you are not a business person, you know, if you're not savvy in like business models, it takes a lot longer to be successful at than you think it will. I think it takes at least, you know, double the time we think it will to be, to reach our audience. But just know that what you create has merit and it does have an audience. It just comes down to, How worth it is it to you to reach that audience? Like, it's just a matter of time before your audience's path and your paths cross. But depending on, you know, your your demographic, it could take a very long time for them to find you. So I would just say, like, ask yourself, can you create for long enough for them to find you? And if so, keep going. But don't, you know... Don't think that it's that your creative gift does not have merit. It's just like the world is a very, very big place. There's a lot of stuff out there. And we have to just put something out there long enough for somebody to find us. 
It's not a matter of worthy or good enough. It's just a matter of fuel, meaning for you. Is it worth it? Where is this coming from in you? And can you tap into that love vein <laughs> um, and allow it to flow freely? That <laughs> sounds really like a mixture of a drug metaphor and a sex metaphor. Um, but, you know, sometimes when we give our creative gift, it will evolve into some new shape and it'll tell you exactly what it needs to be and what it wants to be as you make it. It becomes like um, almost like a, a practice or a meditation or a, a ritual. It'll inform itself. And if you're filled with doubt about your own merits, join the club. I think any creative person or individual who puts something of themselves that they care about into the world will feel that way. It's intensely uncomfortable to care about what you are offering others. I have constant doubt about the merit of my work. I don't think that ever goes away. It's more about learning to live with it and let go of control um, of the life that your work wants to live, you know? It's like giving birth to a being. It'll come through you and it's going to live its own life outside of you and outside of your meaning and your intention. And sometimes that result is surprising. It's, it's like to create art from yourself is a noble and valiant act. And I commend you for choosing to do it because it takes bravery. But I encourage you, be brave. Come from authenticity and know that you have something of value to offer. Know that without a doubt. Because the fact that this thing has meaning to you means that it will have meaning to others. Just by default. There are others out there who will find meaning in what you create. Just via our shared humanity. So I hope this helps you. And I send you my love and vibes of strength. And don't forget to smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.